was anybody asleep? <laughs> you ain't anymore. True confessions in the new year. I think we're all about honesty. Am I right? I never won the school spelling bee. Fact. Despite all of my desire to do so, despite all my practicing every single week for the spelling test, I never won the school spelling bee. Now, this is key because it is part of a childhood dream. Who here has ever watched on ESPN when they have the national spelling bee, especially when they were hosted by the late, great Alex Trebek. Did anybody ever watch those? Oh, man. I dreamed of myself being in that moment, for it would have been the only possible way that I would ever compete on ESPN. (laughs) Before a national audience, I would stand and expound upon words that people could barely pronounce, let alone know. But then this happened, a tragedy of sorts. I never even made it out of the class round of the spelling bee. Something about the word amphibious just would not let me go. Even when I asked if they would use that within the context of a sentence and give the definition. Somehow the PH always came out as saying F instead. It got me every time. So there I was, time and time again, watching people that I viewed as much smarter, brighter, and more capable going on to the school spelling bee and beyond. Boy, it really still, even today, it gets in my crawl. Something unfortunate happened as a result of never winning the school spelling bee. In my young heart and mind, I adapted the analogy that life was like a spelling bee. Now follow me with, you can. I viewed it that if you were smarter, worked harder, did better, you would win. And if you weren't winning, it was because you were losing. I think it was the great Ricky Bobby who said in Talladega Nights, If you ain't first, you're absolutely. Well, it's not all right, but it's not all wrong either. We need proverbs, statements of wisdom that will help us see the way forward to live wisely. For that is the intent of the entire book of Proverbs. They're short, pithy little statements that stick to you, stick on you, and sometimes just get stuck in your crawl. It's as if you were to remember them like they did in the days of yore in ancient Israel. They would remember them so much they would use them as part of their speech in everyday life. You finish the phrase, the early bird, a penny saved, you snooze, and of course, if you ain't first, Mm. But that's not true wisdom. There's more to life than being smarter, brighter, working harder. True wisdom, seeing things from God's perspective, tells us that life is more than just what we know. 
It is also what we feel, which is why the heart is the most quintessential instrument in your life if you are to acquire and practice wisdom. Now hear me as I quote a few people who talk about the importance of the heart. Let's look at some other wisdom literature, Ecclesiastes 3.11, wherein Solomon wrote, He, God, has also set eternity in the human heart. Much more recently, but still a long time ago, St. Ignatius, the great patristic father of the early church, wrote the following, You have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And then this from James K.A. Smith, the 21st theologian, who wrote, Your heart is the fulcrum of your most fundamental longings, a visceral, subconscious orientation to the world. In other words, y'all, the heart is important. It is the nexus center where all thoughts and feelings and intelligence and will and desire come together. It's like the motor to your car. Youth and college students, it is the invaluable lithium battery to your cell phone. When the car battery, or excuse me, when the car motor is running great, so are you. When that lithium battery is firing, so are you. But when the heart is misaligned, we cannot live wisely and therefore we cannot live well. Perhaps you, like me, have inserted some philosophies in your life that do not belong in the heart. Like, life is like a spelling bee. If you're smarter, work harder, work longer, you win. And if you don't, you lose. But there are far more others that are out there. That's why in this chapter of the Proverbs, he lifts this all-important Statement in Proverbs 4.23. He says, in the NIV translation, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Another translation says, Your heart is the well spring of life. And the message says, The heart is where life starts. Now, as the author says, Proverbs 4.23, he puts it in this broader category wherein a father is talking to his son. You've all probably been there before as your dad is building up to getting out the soapbox. Youth, college students, anyone, have you been there? The father's working himself up into a ladder. You see it coming. And then he begins to expound and say with great articulation, If I've said it once, and that's why Proverbs 4.23 is the crescendo, the epicenter of this whole chapter. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. Guard it. Now, is that about keeping out the bad? Well, partially, yes. There is evil in our world, 
And if we let it into our hearts, then evil will come out. But I would say this passage is far more redemptive and hopeful than that. I would say that it is reflective that when you and I were created, God made sure that all of our hearts contained some incredibly good things that are unique to each and every one of us. And so letting the bad stay outside of our hearts is far more about not disturbing the good that is going on already within. Every person has a calling, as does every church. Now, we've talked about that a little bit in our strategic planning process. The quote that was lifted before you way back when, in November the 12th, said the following. Our calling, whether it's individual or corporate, is the place God calls us. The place where our deep gladness meets the world's deep hunger. That's the good that's within every part of us. You have a deep gladness within your heart that was gifted to you by God. And it will meet inevitably a great hunger in the world that when people encounter it, they will be blessed and their lives will be better as a result. Parker Palmer calls it the way. Something within us that God is pushing us, driving us to become and do in this world. So we guard our hearts. We guard our hearts so that other narratives like life is a spelling bee don't get inserted within there and detract and confuse the good that is already present. Unfortunately for us, this is a very daunting task. The world in which we live does not neatly state the things that are good versus the things that are bad. It's like if you've ever been to an all-you-eat buffet and all the things are labeled with precision. Here is roast beef. Here is mashed potatoes. There is the salad bar. We would like for our world to be as such. There are good things. There are bad things. But that's not how the world works. The world takes the all-you-can-eat buffet and puts it all within one blender, presses frappe, and serves you the drink. And far too many people gulp it down thinking that it is nutritious and delicious without ever asking the question, hey, wait a second, what's in this? That's what guarding the heart is. It's you putting a filter on your life and saying, what's in this? Far too often, the case is not that people are intentionally enveloping and digesting the bad within the world. It's that they're inattentive. It's like the phenomenon that I've seen in late as I go to one of Carrollton's various fast food establishments. There at the cash register sits someone who is inattentive in their own light. How do I know? Because within their ear is one AirPod. It's clear that they're listening to something other than me. And I'm giving very specific direction as to the food that I would like to receive for the money that I am giving them. At some point or another, 
as they're halfway listening to me, they say, yeah, I've got it. And it doesn't always give me the utmost confidence to believe what they're saying, especially when the food that I get is exactly the opposite of what I've ordered. That's where far too many hearts are. We've got one AirPod in an ear. We're listening to whatever else is going on in life. And at the same time, we're trying to yearn and listen to God's voice. But the true pursuit of wisdom is an all-in pursuit. It's like a church that's willing to go chapter by chapter in the book of Proverbs, as, as I've asked all of us to do during the month of January. Whatever the calendar date of the month is, today being January the 7th, I likewise ask you to read Proverbs 7, and accordingly tomorrow with the 8th and the 9th and the 10th, until you get to chapter 31 and begin the whole process over again. It's a type of process wherein we're willing to put the filter on our heart and saying, we're capable of differentiating the good from the bad. And in as much as we let only good things into our heart, we know that the good that is already there will be encouraged, emboldened, and put to good use. Our calling, our way will be revealed for all to see. But more importantly, you and I will live fulfilled lives. So guard it with all of your might. For everything you do flows from it. Now that verse sounds so wonderful, but it's loaded. It means you have no control what comes out of your heart. Whatever goes in is exactly what comes out. It's like a spring, a gushing geyser of water. You want to try to put your hands over Old Faithful at Yosemite and keep it from springing up at every hour? Be my guest. I think it's going to end poorly for you. Such is the case for our hearts. What we let in is exactly what will come out. But the good news is, is when it is fed with good things, the good will inevitably come out. It will flow from your life effortlessly, seamlessly, and to the joy of every single person around you. In my life, one who's still battling with the philosophy that life is like a spelling bee, I can tell you that you have been instrumental in encouraging and refining the good and allowing it to flow from my heart. Today marks two years since my first Sunday as your senior pastor. So many of you were instrumental to my calling. All of you have been instrumental to nourishing my calling. And the biggest way that you've helped this old heart is to say, David, your life, your ministry, is more than a spelling bee. It's about us coming alongside of you, recognizing the good within you, nourishing it, refining it, and then being there when it springs forward effortlessly.
I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you have done to help create and foster a place where wisdom can spring forward. And regardless of whether I can spell amphibious correctly or not, the way that you have done so is through an abundance of love, which is why I think all of us should be so excited about our future as a church. The strategic planning process is nothing more than people discerning what good God has given us in our hearts and ways to further accentuate, encourage, and foster its expression to the world in the years that are to come. And the way that will happen is that we put ourselves firmly besides Jesus Christ, the wisest man who ever lived, and the same God who sits at the right hand of the Father and looks at every single human heart that is here today and gives the following invitation. If you were to let anything into your heart, if you want anything good to enter in, invite me in first. Let me love you for who you are. Let me encourage the good that my heavenly father put in your heart before the stars were even named. And together, allow me to teach you all that's good, all that's fair, all that's true, and allow me to help you shine bright for all to see. What a great invitation from a God who loves us. And today, at the beginning of this new year, it is extended to you personally so that you can consider how I might begin, renew, or recommit my life to the journey that is with Jesus Christ, whose joy and ministry to me is ever to make me more wise and to allow me to live more freely. As you reach for your hymnal, And as we are soon to sing, I want to invite you to respond, not just with your voice that sings praises before God, but with your own heart that considers how you might guard it, because everything that is good flows from it. May we stand, may we sing together.